0: session of Look at the Book. We'll continue with verses 1 and 2. We've already focused on the first seven words here about the two, Paul and Timothy, who send the letter. Now I want to focus just on the recipients, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with all the overseers and deacons, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we focus here on saints and in Christ Jesus, grant that these two massive realities, what it means to be saints, what it means to be in Christ Jesus, would open to us with beauty and power and be compelling to draw us further in, to delight in you and be faithful to you, and obey you, and reflect you in this world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints. What does saints mean? This has caused great confusion for some because of the way the Roman Catholic Church has used this word saints to refer to a special class of Christians. Is that the way Paul uses it? It's not. Paul uses this word saints about 40 times, always plural, referring to Christians, never in the singular, referring to any special Christian. He uses the word in the singular one time, and it's at the end of this book, and he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Same as He's referring to here, only it's singular there. So 40 times in the plural, Paul loves this word saints. He never calls us Christians. Paul doesn't use the word Christian in his letters. That's used elsewhere in the New Testament. He loves the word saints. What does saint mean for Paul? Behind it is the word holy. It's holy ones, literally holy ones. So what does that signify Let's look outside in a few other places to get a pointer. God saved us and called us to a holy calling. So we are called to be holy. He called us to a holy calling, not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus. In, in Christ Jesus, he gave us this ages ago, before the ages began. So our holy calling is a gift of grace given to us ages ago in relation to Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians 1.4. God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. So there it is again. We're chosen to be holy, and that choosing is in Christ Jesus, blameless before Him. Here's a third text, Colossians 3.12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy. This is plural. This is the identical word with saints in the Greek. You could translate it, God's chosen ones, saints and beloved, or holy ones and beloved. Compassion, hearts, heart, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So what we've seen then is that for Paul, saints are all believers chosen by God before the foundation of the world, destined to be holy, that is, to be set apart for God and to become morally upright and pure, imitating God's holiness. You shall be holy for I am holy. But now here's, here's the key. It's relationship to in Christ Jesus. We are saints in Christ Jesus before we become saints in any other sense of moral performance. What does that mean? The most important text about that is in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. For Christ's sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. So there's the idea of in Christ Jesus. Paul wants to be found in Christ Jesus. Why? Because there he would not have a righteousness of his own, So this this holiness, you could translate this holiness, or you could treat it as holiness. It's a different word, but it has a similar idea. Not having a holiness or a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. So law-keeping equaling righteousness or holiness is not what Paul means, rather but that which is that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith so in union with Christ we have a righteousness or a holiness it is not our own in other words it's not identical to the things we do it is something from God united to Christ so it's it's divine righteousness, God's gift of our union with Christ makes us, or He counts us, holy or righteous in Him. And before I, I leave this context here, just look at one other verse, 312. Not that I have already obtained this. This is just three verses later. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. So He's warning us that being Righteous or holy in Christ, in union with Christ, may be perfect. In other words, the, the righteousness that we have in union with Christ is a perfect righteousness because it is a divine righteousness imputed from Christ. But we're not yet morally in this world, in our behavior, perfect. But I press on. To make it my own. I want to become what I am because Christ has made me his own. So Christ has made me his own, and I'm united to Christ. I'm in Christ. And now what I am in Christ, I'm pressing on to make it my own. I want to become in my behavior what I am in union with Christ. There's the genius and the beauty and the mystery of Christian holiness and Christian ethics, Christian behavior. So the recipients of this letter are all the People who are in Christ Jesus, and because they were in Christ Jesus, they are in Christ Jesus, in relation to Christ, in union with Christ, by faith. Don't don't forget, back here. This righteousness in three, eight, and nine is a righteousness from God that depends on faith. So our role in this is that we trust. Christ and in trusting Christ are united to Christ and can now be called holy ones because He is holy. And now we are striving to become this, which is what this letter is really about. He's showing what sainthood looks like as it becomes real in conformity to Christ. Maybe just a couple more words about the title, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus occurs in Philippians 12 times. Jesus Christ occurs in Philippians 8 times. Jesus occurs in Philippians 2 times. And Christ occurs in Philippians by itself 16 times. Now, if you try to um, carve that up, and give different meanings to each of these four. It doesn't work. Jesus Christ does mean anointed one, Messiah. When it's a title, it's Messiah. But the usage in the first century, especially in the Apostle Paul, had become very personal. And Christ has become a virtual name for Jesus in the mouth of the Apostle Paul. So in my view... um, Jesus Christ is a full personal name. Jesus carries a more personal historic name that he had on earth. Christ carries some official connotation as Messiah because that's what the word means. But when you read Philippians and you try to figure out, title function for Christ, and personal function for Jesus, or some combination, they all flow together. You test that as we move through this book. So, in sum then, the um, writer of the letter is a servant, a servant, and he's a servant of Christ. The recipients of the letter are saints, and they are in Christ Jesus. So, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus unites the writer with the recipients. But Paul loves to give himself the lowly title and give the recipients the exalted title. And why that is, is why this book was written.